It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. For me to have the opportunity to be in front of these fans, to give everything that I had, that meant the world to me. And the reason why I'm emotional right now is because of the amount of um, letters I've gotten with people being buried, buried, buried in my uniform. That's a special connection. That's a special connection. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Hey, everybody. Welcome to BGN Radio, episode number 204, Eagles Seahawks Preview. I'm John Stolnes, uh, taking you through the next little while. We're going to break down uh, going into the house of death known as Seattle. Apparently, you can't win there. That's what I've been told uh, by everybody that I see on the inter-Google this week anyway. Uh, joining me this week is the voice of BGN Radio, the voice of WIP, the voice of NFL Films, and one half of the John and John Show, Mr. John Barcher. John, how you feeling tonight, pal? Hey, Stolness. Hey, hey, Barchard. Uh, you know how you... No, I don't know. I Damn it. I, we I always know, have a thing. Thinking, we got to get that before down. Before you came in, I was trying to think of something clever to do. Like, you know, hey, if you have you have you solved your incontinence needs yet, Barchard? It's like, well, no, Stolness, I haven't. You know, I mean, kind of a... Well, Adult Depends has a new line, for the, especially for the for the athlete and you. Um, yeah, I mean, we were talking about building decks uh, just before we came right. on, so maybe we're going to stick with hey, Ace Hardware. Hey, Stolness, yeah, yeah you, you need a new deck built? <laughs> Um, well, anyway, <laughs> we uh, we could talk about the John and John show uh, all, all night long, and I'm sure the podcast friends would absolutely love it. But uh, we have a big football game coming up on Sunday, do we not? Yeah, it's uh, it, this is actually, I, I, I don't know really the importance of it. I think everybody's accepted a loss already mm-hmm. here going forward, and I think this is more or less... Uh, everybody wants this, at least for, I mean, really on the season, I guess it really doesn't matter. Sure, a win is going to improve your chances of getting that wild card spot. Uh, you know, we've talked that uh, for a lot this week as far as like where 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 it is and how it could play out in the NFC East is 
uh, is might might end up sending you know everybody to the playoffs. There might be the division winner and two wild card teams that come out of here. And um, I, I, it, but but as far as just maybe I think the fan base just needs to see that they can win a tough game on the road. Finally, I mean a lot of their road games already weren't that tough to begin with. Detroit. Washington, Chicago, New York, yeah. Dallas, I guess you could say was was that. But, you know, to to finally get uh, a win on the road, I think, is more important over than beating the team that you're facing. And I know that the, and that's no disrespect to the Seahawks because it's it's them. They are brutal at home, even with the artificial noise that they have uh, been able to sound boost uh, off the stadium that they built uh, no, they did. You know, and having that 12th man on there. It is, it's a, it's a very impressive thing. So uh, more or less, I just, I would like to see them win on the road, regardless of who the team is. And I think because it is who it is, uh, if they somehow pull this off this week on the road against these guys, and yeah, maybe a letdown for the Seahawks, even though I really don't see that, happening I, I think we're all just kind of wishing that at this point but if they can pull this off I think that brings the fan base and everybody else and say okay that you know they, if they can put together the stuff that they've already been doing at home and you beat the Seahawks on the road now you got something cooking uh, heading into November and December well, and, and if they are able to pull this off you look at the teams then that they would have in their ledger they got the Vikings who were undefeated and they've come back to earth so we, we know now the Vikings weren't weren't as good as their record indicated when the Eagles played them, but they still, they were still undefeated and one of the better defenses in the league that the Eagles handled very, very easily in that game for the most part. Um, and you had, uh, you, you had the, um, the Atlanta Falcons obviously last week, that was a, a win against a quality opponent and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you these are all quality football teams, but like you said, those first three were at home. This one would be on the road and there is no tougher place to play in the NFL um, than Seattle because uh, they are 31 and five the Seahawks are since 2012 at home I mean that's crazy how do you go 31 and five at home since 2012 Uh, and I think only two non-division road opponents have won in Seattle during that time so if the Eagles were to pull this off they would be doing something that only two other non-division opponents have done uh, over the last four years of playing football there in Seattle Um, but well yeah the more the more surprising I mean it's just like when you say that the odds are just stacked even further against the Eagles here if there's only like two people outside of the division that have walked in there and taken wins. And I'm I do you know do you know who those two teams are? I don't are off the top chance? of my head. No, I don't. I'll have to look that yeah. up. We'll we'll have the answer to that during the show. But yeah, that's uh that that's that's an insane home field advantage, you know? And hopefully the Eagles are brewing something like that at the link because it's just been so inconsistent of like they are a home team, they're not a home team, they are a home team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, hat tip to those guys. I mean, you can't – as annoying as sometimes <laughs> people feel about the Seahawks, everybody – if that squad – and I think we even, we've been saying this for the last couple of years that every time that happens. Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Russell Wilson, uh, even when you had Marshawn Lynch here, if you had this crew here, uh, they would be so Philadelphia it would be <laughs> – overly confident yeah. just coming in there day in and day out they're 
They're a, it's an amazing thing to watch. Well, they've been one of the better teams in the NFC, but they've struggled uh, at different parts this year. It really has only been the last couple weeks where they seem to have found their sea legs right now, uh, the, the Seahawks have. And obviously, Russell Wilson, I think uh, the big one of the main reasons why they struggled early in the season is he was certainly hurt. And, you know, he was not running around. He was not moving around in the pocket like he had been used to. He also has missed uh, Marshawn Lynch quite a bit. The running game hasn't been what it once was. And so they really, I think, during the first half of the season were trying to find themselves, John. But winning 31-24 to in New England last Sunday night had to just be a huge boost. And, and it's one of the reasons now why I think people are picking them pretty as much as the Cowboys probably as the team to beat in the NFC. Uh, where do you see the Seahawks right now? I mean, is, is Russell Wilson back? Is this as dangerous, as dangerous a team as they've been over the last few years right now? Yeah, I, I mean, it's there's there's still is something missing. I think you can make that argument across the NFL, too, as far as there's just something missing right now to make this team special or that team special or, or whatever. I think that I would love to see them play Dallas just to kind of you know, yeah, see, figure that see out. see what would happen there, yeah. We're gonna, we're, yeah, just to, just to kind of get a litmus test between those two things. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Seattle hasn't, and especially in their passing defense, hasn't been – the same really and you even saw that when they played you know the Patriots it still kind of struggled there and I know like Cam Chancellor and Gronk and all that stuff kind of (laughs) went back and forth with the hand chucking and all that but um yeah I I I think there there's still an opportunity to score points uh I don't want to say a little easier but easier than years past when you've seen these guys come through here I think that you can pick on I think you can pick on Cam Chancellor. I know that you weren't able to say that a couple of years ago. I think you can do some of those things and have those mismatches in there. I, you know, this is a team I think you can throw the ball against, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> who are you throwing it to? Every, <laughs> every single week we have that conversation. I don't want to quite go down that road again. We know why that they're struggling there, but I think that if you have. If you're giving 10 targets to Darren Sproles, if you're giving 10 targets to Zach Kurtz, if you're doing a a dink and dunk style through them, and I know that, you know, even the Tom Brady's and everybody else in the past have done that, and that has worked against a cover three. That's their kind of, that's their favorite kind of go-to coverage there where um, it's just, you know, they're not (laughs) going to give you much. And you got to just take whatever they're going to give you and hopefully move down the field and, they're going to grind after you. They're going to hit you. They're going to make sure that you know that they're there and they're going to talk to you about it. Uh, and I think with Carson and him, I mean, this is another bigger challenge for him to face mm-hmm. to get to make sure that he's not pressing to do. You know, we, we, we saw him against Minnesota and he came out and he pressed right away. And I think the same with the Giants came on the road. I, I finally want to see him. Take it easy, get into a rhythm, even if he's going three and out. The Eagles offense is going three and out just to get, you know, get get into a rhythm, let him guide along and trust Doug and the play calling going into this thing, at least at first. And then we can all boom when he goes for field goal and all that other stuff later on. But for the time being, right, like right in the beginning, uh, they need to ease him in there and he needs to be a game manager and just see what kind of games that they're playing with him. Uh, And, and hopefully they can steal a, steal one on the road. They, we've been asking for that all year, and hopefully that's this week. One of the things that I, as I was reading some of the uh, Seahawks blogs and the beat, beat reporters in Seattle was the secondary and, and the defense, they've basically had 
a war with the officiating this year. And in years past, one of the reasons the Seahawks have been so effective is they've been so physical. And I think one of Pete Carroll's mantras has been get physical with the receivers because the officials can't call defensive pass interference or defensive holding or, you know, illegal block. I mean, not illegal, illegal contact on every single play. But this year, the officials have been calling more of those more of those penalties on Seattle. And so I don't know if maybe a lot of the Seattle pass defense narrative was because they were getting away with stuff that they shouldn't have been getting away with more than other teams. But it seems as though they are the Seahawks are having a little bit of an issue with the officiating this year. And that may be evening things out just a little bit as far as the secondary is concerned, as you mentioned, having some issues um, with the passing game of their opponents uh, so far this season. Yeah, and that's a rule that they instituted last year, which didn't seem to affect them a whole lot. But this year, it certainly does. Like, they they definitely were, well, and all over the place, too. Like, you you see some of that. But then, you know, again, you see stuff like Richard Sherman going all over all Julio Jones and that not getting called. So they still have, Mm -hmm. I still think they have the benefit of that because of the way they play. You know, obviously, if uh, Richard Sherman's going up against Bryce Treggs and shuts him down or something like that, or DGB, ultimately, it's going to be the Eagles wide receiver fault, right? They're no name guys. It's just like, Oh yeah, well, it's not them. Obviously he didn't get tripped up and there's no way Richard Sherman would get beat or Earl Thomas would get beat or, you know, whatever's kind of going through there. Um, But again, I, I think that there are some areas there and most of the time it's just been in the middle of the field for Seattle is what, Constantly, they give you almost over and over again. They rely on the range of the safeties. They rely on uh, good, uh, you know, uh, covered linebackers, which they uh, definitely have. But uh, they're, they're, again, the weakness. Well, I, I shouldn't even say that. I think I still think that's kind of the, the main weakness of this defense is they don't have strong covered linebackers. So, again, middle of the field, Jordan Matthews, uh, yeah, Darren Sproles, all Zachary, those guys. Uh, you get, maybe uh, even Brent Selleck yeah. involved. Yeah. Yeah, and just, you know, screen them out, misdirection, whatever you can do to kind of throw them off their game is is kind of the MO to, to beat this squad or at least try to have a close game with them. You know, the Eagles were pumping in crowd noise during their practices this week to try and simulate the amount of noise that they'll hear in Seattle. Does it... I mean, maybe you don't know this, but that to me, does that does that work really to to do that? I mean, I guess it it helps practicing their silent counts and all that. But I don't know. Can you artificially recreate what they're going to hear in Seattle? Or is that just kind of something that you do to maybe put some window dressing on? You know, we're getting prepared for this loud place and, and to get ourselves ready. How much does that help? Uh, as I like to call it, it's it's like uh, telling yourself when you're jerking off, you can last longer during sex. <laughs> like it's just like it's something. I would have gone a different like, direction yeah. with the with the analogy, but I get where you're going at. Okay, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 just simply put, no. Yeah, okay, no, I, 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 I don't think that. I, I think it helps with with the smaller things. Maybe for the, some of the rookies that haven't played in that environment. They kind of have that idea, but I mean, like that you can you can draw that back up from like, okay, what's the loudest college experience that I ever had, and maybe I can amplify that times a hundred. You know, I I just don't think you're ready for that kind of thing when you're stepping in there. That it's nothing. I think a lot of those times, the coaches are just trying to throw you off of your game yeah. and just to tr- trust the you know the, the body movement or the count or whatever the kind of repetitions in there just to get you used to that but it's hard to do that in a week it's hard to adjust to anyone's 
either home or environment or whatever. And even, <laughs> even you would hear like some of the things where, Oh yeah, we're blue. We're playing Chip Kelly this week. So we're going to run extra hard sprints for a week. It's just <laughs> like, no, it doesn't exactly work to kind of catch up with that thing. And mainly you could just look at the three plays that he ran and that would, that would pretty much do it anyway. But yeah, same with the same with any of that stuff. If you're trying to adjust it to get used to it, you you're not going right. to. It's just a, it's just to kind of prepare you for that week, and hopefully hopefully you can take something out of it. Well, Seattle is six two and one so far this season, John. They're first in the NFC West. They have a plus thirty five point differential. The Eagles, by the way, still at plus sixty six, which is you know thirty one points better than the uh, than the Seahawks. Uh, last time the Eagles and Seahawks played was in December of two thousand fourteen. They lost twenty four to fourteen in Philadelphia, um, and like I mentioned just a few minutes ago one of the reasons why Seattle was struggling early in the season was Russell Wilson didn't appear to be healthy but he's played well the last couple weeks he had a 124.6 rating last week against New England Um, and when you compare these two quarterbacks obviously they spoke very highly of each other this week um, Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz Um, we all know what Russell Wilson can do he's if he's healthy he's going to run around and he's going to create some havoc how do the Eagles try and figure out a way to to hem him in how do they how do they get to him is is this can the eagles defensive line can their tackles can they get pressure up the middle on russell wilson and can the ends contain him enough so that they can actually get in his face and and stop him i think there are some parts where they were actually pretty successful that in 2014 i know it's a completely different defense but same kind of guys are still here and especially with benny and fletcher being back that's where again this is where the eagles can win is their defensive line against i mean their offensive line is atrocious yeah that really is and it has been and the the benefit of you know of having a bad offensive line is a really great mobile quarterback so <laughs> yeah he, yeah he's been hurt and he's been taking his shots this year but you know once he gets his feet under him it it, it doesn't matter and there were some parts where i i think from a couple of years ago, I remember them. They did a really great job of containing him, but then they wouldn't make a decision on what to do after mm-hmm. that. Because it's it, Russell Wilson's so dangerous that, like, okay, we're going to push him this way. You know, then he's going to go boom, Doug Baldwin touchdown or whatever. You know, he's the ultimate keep the play alive guy. I think if you make a decision early and just say, okay, we would rather force him to throw the football against our secondary because that's where I'm starting to feel a little more comfortable with Schwartz and scheming that up and being like, okay, you know, they, they've dealt with some of the best in the league and not to downplay, even though I definitely did two years ago, of all the no-name wide receivers that they've had come in and out there, guys like Doug Baldwin mm-hmm. and all those have, have really shown that they can hang and, and be a, a legitimate weapon in this offense. But at the same time, if you make him – go one way or the other and just just have that be the direction that they're going to go force him to one side force him to the to the right side or force him to the left side um i i i think that's where they can kind of start disrupting some of this seattle offense and they have the defense to to do that uh and th- i think that's what it's going to be it's just going to be a matchup of of those two defenses going after one another and hopefully it is <laughs> you know that the eagles can get it's, it's something going against them, even if it's just, it really just comes down to, it sounds so, it's very captain obvious. So I apologize. <laughs> don't, don't turn over the football. Right. And you're probably going to have a, a, a pretty decent shot of scoring points defensively, or at least getting in field goal range, you know, it, and just having that mentality. Don't turn over the football, allow you to kind of just get to get to the next series 
And, um, I, you know, that, and that's where I, I really do think the Eagles defense can come out and win this football game. For well, they've really got to do exactly what they did last week. I mean, it, it's basically got to be the same game plan. They have, they've got to, on offense, establish a running game early to, to take some of the pressure off of Wentz so he doesn't feel like he's got to chuck the rock every single time. Um, the, the, I, I love how Peterson scripted his plays in the first 15 plays uh, last week against Atlanta and They've got a, the offensive line has to come up with a similar performance against Seattle uh, as they did uh, against Atlanta, and that's no no easy task. But um, you know they've and no easy task because it is they are literally the exact opposite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I just I just want people to know that it is very hard to run the football against these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I mean, I think they do need to try it. I mean, they need to try and keep Russell Wilson off the field. Like the idea was to keep Matt Ryan off the field as much as possible and limit the amount of uh, the, the amount of times Wentz is putting the ball in the air, because like you mentioned during the last few uh, road games, he has really struggled early pressing early. Uh, he's gotten his team down 14 to nothing uh, on three different occasions on the road here. So far this season, they fall, they fall down 14, nothing in Seattle. They don't have a shot. I mean, I, I can't imagine any way they come back from a two touchdown deficit on the road in Seattle. So, I mean, Carson Wentz, he he's got to, as a rookie understanding, he's a rookie quarterback he has to establish himself on the road and like you said, keep himself under control, keep the emotions under control. And one way to do that is to try and establish the run. Um, Ryan Matthews really got on track last week after all we heard was Darren Sproles is the lead back. Darren Sproles is the lead back. And then all of a sudden it was the Ryan Matthews show. So I fully expect today uh, on Sunday, Kenyon Barner to lead the team in rushing attempts. Uh, and, you know, Darren Sproles will, will probably, you know, line out wide half the game. So, you know, it's, you just, Doug Peterson hasn't really, uh, uh, kept to one formula so far yet this season on offense. And uh, he pushed all the right buttons against Atlanta on Sunday, but he's, he definitely has a much tougher task against uh, Seattle coming up here on Sunday. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring up the running backs as I'm, uh, you know, I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if it is Sproles early out of the gate here. I think when you're going against um, a defensive line and, and just a front seven, like you are, you want guys that can scoot through holes and, and be quick about it. I think Sproles is, is definitely the guy. I think a combination of him and Smallwood, I know that's kind of an odd combination. Your stomach kind of panics yeah. after a little bit here because he's a rookie and, you know, whatever, and the the fumble from earlier on and whatever. I, I think if they need to get those two guys going um, I, I and throw Matthews in there whenever it seems comparable to do so, I, I, I think you – you know, you kind of split it like 10, 10, 10, almost mm-hmm. across the board or, and just see, see what kind of hits her 10, 10, five or, or so, yeah, yeah. something like that um, to kind of see, uh, see what happens. And you notice that some of those fast, quicker backs give uh, a lot of these heavy hitters troubles mm-hmm. most of the time. I think uh, that's, that's kind of the approach that you would have to uh, go about in doing it here. And I don't think, uh, the bubble screens will, <laughs> will go out and, and do a lot of stuff. But if you see, like, if some of those wrinkles that we saw against Atlanta, I think can be really useful again uh, against Seattle. I think going and spreading them out is always a pretty good idea from time to time to just, you know, have Sproles in motion. Then you go five wide, you're an 11 personnel, and and just see how they operate when you do that type of stuff and even take the, the yards and you're looking for Darren Sproles, you're looking for Ertz there um, and just try and, and again, just chunks down the field, which isn't any different than I guess <laughs> the other Eagles game win. Cause again, these guys can't throw down the field. Right. So 
taking one half of it away with Rich and Sherman. Uh, you've got another half to work with in the middle of the field to work with to try and get this thing going. But yeah, the running game is is so highly important to work against a, a tough squad like this uh, because I think that Carson will press at some point. I, as much as I, I don't want him to, I, I just think that there's going to be some mistakes coming. I don't know if you feel this way, John, or not, but there's a lot of people that think that this might be the embarrassing win that 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 are the embarrassing oh, loss yeah. that's supposed to come here with Seattle. I don't know if I necessarily feel that yet, but I can see it. Well, I, this defense really has kept them from experiencing an embarrassing loss so far this year. But yeah, I, if if there's one on the schedule, this would this would be it. If, if, I mean, because you look at the rest of the schedule, you've got a game in Cincinnati uh, coming up here uh, in a couple of weeks. You got a game in Baltimore um, at, at, towards the end of the season, and then you've got a, a series of home games. You you play at the three divisional opponents at home. Um, who else is on the schedule? Is that is that the rest of their schedule coming up? Because I'm trying to, I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting, uh, I'm forgetting a team. But no, I think that's everybody. And so yeah, I think this is oh the Packers. They play the Packers in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. yeah, and so yeah. and and so I definitely think this is their toughest challenge of the season. When you look at how the rest of the teams they have yet to face are playing right now, um, I look at that. Um, I look at that Cowboys game at the end of the year. I see a team that probably won't have much to play for. Um, and so I look at Seattle, and yeah, this could turn out to be the ugly one. This could turn out to be the Carson wins three interception, thirty-five to thirteen loss. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't know that that's what we're going to see because the Eagles have had a knack for sticking around, even when they get down early at least making it close. Really, the only game this year where they have really looked out of their depth was against Washington, and, and they even made that game sort of close near the end. So this defense is good enough that they kind of keep the team in games. They they come up with turnovers, and, and you know the other aspect of this team that keeps the Eagles close is special teams. They figure out a way to get the team in good field position. They have broken a couple touchdowns so far this year. Uh, they've they, they've really helped the Eagles win the battle of field position most weeks. And when they do that, then you give your team a shot, even if they're struggling mightily. So I, I don't, I don't see a blowout here, but I do think you're right. This is the game where you would see one if it was going to happen. So sometime this season. Yeah. And it, and, and you just hope that, you know, kind of, kind of doesn't do that. You, you think that again, like they still haven't played that complete game on the road. Right. They're, they'll be there for a quarter, a quarter and a half. It's in the middle. That third quarter. They the love end. the third quarter, man. They'll they'll they come out of that locker room and for whatever reason in the third quarter, whether it's on the road at home, they do their thing. But yeah, I mean, beginning and end. That's where they have really struggled on the road this year, John. Beginning and end. They can't get started and they haven't been able to finish on the road. And and that's those are two of the most important parts of the game, the beginning and the end. It's you, know, you want to start yes. strong and you want to finish strong. I mean, the middle's important too, but all four quarters, you would like to play all four quarters well, and they're going to have to do that against Seattle, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like the one thing that still worries me is after, you know, all the, again, the PFF praise, like they're right, the second right. best offensive line and all, a lot of this things that comes in here. And then, do you, you buy know, that, by hey, the way? Are they the second best offensive no. line? And where are they getting that number? For? How do they come up Probably with that? Not. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, they're, they're just, well, I mean, maybe, I, I guess if James was here, he'd probably be like, actually, that's probably about right. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> that's yeah, all he really yeah. does is rank those guys. But there is, uh, yeah, I, I I mean, I'm pro- yeah, I, I take that back. I'm, I'm probably sure that there are. I can't think of any at this point because I, I just I just don't know. But if from, I, I mean, the last couple of weeks, especially in the running game, they've they've done Very extremely well. well. Yep. So 
I, I guess I can't really knock that. I guess what I'm going to say is, you know, the old Jason Kelsey from the past couple of weeks might might show up again. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so if that happens, then it kind of gets there. There might be a few wrenches in there. But if it if it does the same things and it only gets beat a couple of times against this defensive line, then it's really going to be a fun interesting heart pounding type of uh, a football game with I'm sure still a lot of curse words and <laughs> uh, poop emojis and, and a, a lot of that going on. But uh, you know, and this is, <laughs> and we haven't even touched on this yet, but I mean, this, this is how odd like Seattle, I think they are still number one with UDFAs and just the guys that did just fine in later rounds. Mm-hmm. They let go of Christine Michael like yeah. it was the th- for the third time, I think. Now. Yeah, with with, with so, no reg- – I mean, they just they said, we're done. I mean, and Kristen Michael's got a guy with a little bit of talent. He didn't ob- – obviously didn't have enough talent to stick in Seattle. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they just were like, okay, yeah, see ya. I mean, but, I mean they, they've got Thomas Rawls, and the, the guy who scares me is TJ Procise. So he's He had a big week last week, and, you know, especially coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. He's a guy I think could have a big role this week, um, and there's just not a lot of tape on him. We don't know. We haven't, there's not a lot has been seen from him so far, and I he's the guy that makes me a little bit nervous this week, uh, jumping up and having a big game kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, and he was kind of a – and I believe that he was – you know, injured for right after they drafted. Mm -hmm. So you you didn't get a sense of like, well, who this guy is, is going to be. And then he just, I mean, he comes out and like, he's the talk of the town now. And I think that kind of happens a lot with these guys and especially in Seattle. Uh, Although, you know, I I still think the running game that they had there is not once what it was with, with Marshawn and those guys. But if, I mean, Stuff like this, where and Procise is is a is a dual threat kind of all around here. I mean, there were I think when he was drafted, there was still a lot of back and forth on what exactly he was going to be. You know, he wasn't quite tall enough for a wide receiver. He was running back. He was this hybrid guy. They're, they were going to mess and see what was going around with him. But um, you know, he's definitely not conventional, and that's worked to their advantage. And this is just not a it's not a conventional football team yeah. uh, when it comes to. Uh, scouting talent but they always seem to do that and thomas Rawls was was you know absolutely crushing the running game last year and that was the long argument of this is why you should never draft a running back early and you know <laughs> like you find all these guys here it's like, yeah, well, Ezekiel yes, Elliott blew team. up that theory this year didn't he <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and todd Gurley the year yeah, before right. and even though he's having a down year this year so it's just kind of like well you know, it's it's a little crazy what they've been able to do and, and find w- and with these guys. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I knew he wasn't going to pass through waivers, but if Michael made it all the way down, I mean, I was I would have been I would have been uh, I would have liked him for a week, you know, yeah. just to yeah, see what the right. playbook was going on. But that's the I mean, people look at this stuff and go like, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. Uh, he's kind of been that way his entire career, where he's going to show you the burst for a while and then. Everybody just basically says like, "Yeah, this guy's a shithead. He doesn't learn the playbook. He doesn't lazy. Like you know, there's that's why I didn't really do anything in Dallas. That's why I didn't do anything in Washington. That's why he's doing." Then everybody always says around that, but he can still ball. And they're like, "Well, yeah, man, but there's like four or five other guys that we have back here. It's amazing the amount of this is the next guy up that's going to replace Marshawn Lynch that they've had through there. And even though it hasn't worked." they still find uh, uh, effective guys to come in there and take that role. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm curious how they're going to handle that this week. 
Well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who gets the start. I mean, I think it's going to be Rawls, but who ends up with more, you know, in on more snaps? Um, and I guess the, the flow of the game, because I do think uh, they think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they do believe Procise is the better pass catcher than of the two. Um, oh, yeah. yeah and, absolutely. you know, if, if it's kind of, if Seattle does what it's been doing and, and you know, throwing more than passing, I mean, throwing more than running, you're going to see Procise in the game more than more than Rawls. But both those guys are, are talented guys in the Eagles uh, defensive line. The Eagles defense has done well against the running game so far this year, too. So, I mean, they have not been burned. I'm trying to remember a game this year where they really got gutted. I mean, Ezekiel... Elliott had a decent game against him, but he did. He was largely quiet for a lot of that game in Dallas. And I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember in any of the losses, did, who carved them up this year in the run game? Um, uh, I mean, really, it was just Washington and you know, Matt Jones. Oh, Matt Jones, that's right. Matt Jones really, really carved them up pretty good. 7.5 yards per carry right. uh, during that whole time. But other than that, I mean, they, they were able to slow down Zeke. They were able to slow down... Uh, uh, pretty much everybody around here, except, well, Theo Riddick, too. I yeah, guess, Theo for, had a nice game. For what, what it's worth there. But, yeah, I, I mean, they've they've looked like that thing that you thought they were going to be special with, that, you know, the, the making teams one-dimensional. Yeah. And uh, they still need to do that. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what it is, that still gives you the best chance to win football games. I think they can do that against here. I mean, they... Uh, there's again, there's nothing that scares me with their offensive line versus the defensive line matchup. We've said that before in the past and that's blown up in my face, but I really do feel confident about that this week. And, you know, they can slow that down. And yeah, that's always going to be in, in the back of, of everyone's brain. But I, I just think, you know, again, Brandon Graham also has has a perfect week set up yeah, for him to kind of get in there and just make sure. And even if he's setting the edge and containing a lot of the time and kind of forcing Wilson to one side, um, I, I am really excited about this. And that's why I do think it's going to be a little more lower, lower scoring than maybe even I think, yeah. you know, Field goal I, I, think this, I think this might end up in the, in the very, very low twenties and maybe even the high teens yeah. type of football game where it's going to be ugly and gross and, uh, at least that's what you hope, because if it goes the other way, that means there's been a lot of turnovers, <laughs> and Seattle's probably up by you know, yeah. uh, three or three or four scores there. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's do the other thing that you said. Yeah, so the other thing is better. better the, the first thing you said there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just uh, knock out a um, couple quick notes from the week. Um, and uh, the Eagles uh, signed special teams ace Chris Maragos to a three-year deal uh, on Thursday, John. Um, He's, I mean, one of the better special teams players in the NFL. Uh, this is a good move for the Eagles, right? Yeah, uh, obviously the we don't know the money uh, yet, but it, it ain't doesn't my money. Really no, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> salary cap stuff. But no, I get you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and it's and it's a great week because it's his former team. It's Seattle. Like they right. were, you know, maybe he comes out and is is uh, captain this week, and it's just as. As as much as we say, like, oh, yeah, whatever, third, fourth safety on the team, he's the leader of that special teams unit, and he always has been, and he is nuts. <laughs> like, Chris Maragos is nuts, because I had to go back and remember there was it, uh, such an impressive hit. It was against the Saints last year, and I forgot that I had vined it, um, even though that uh, app is dying, and you should all go download clip it, clip it immediately, especially for this yep. game, because it's going to be the national televised game. We can make all those clips, and we'll get into that in a bit. But, uh, yeah, the fact that he can just upend somebody and then just immediately start clapping. That's, the great, like, that's a great right celebration. Just, it is, it. It's one of the best in yeah. the league, and he is he is that way. He's very, like – 
the biggest team guy that I think I've ever seen in my life too. And just as has that mentality, wants everybody to do well around him. Um, and <clears throat> so there was, there was even some talk about like, well, it's all Dave Fipp anyway. So why would you, you know, there, there'll probably going to be some reshuffling and Peterson will get his guys in here, but you know, that, that just shows you again, the importance of what is the, the probably the best, best special teams unit in the league. Yeah. And, Hopefully we'll continue to do so with, with moves like It's like this. I mentioned earlier. I think they need to lean on the special teams to, to help them get through. Because it's going to be a field goal game, like you said. So the field goal unit's going to have to do well. Caleb Sturgis came back to earth a little bit last week, but I, he's in the middle of a terrific season. Uh, you know, they, you know they, they usually win uh, the, the field position battle uh, because they've got such a good punting game and they've, they've got such good coverage guys. And, you know, you've got, you've got a couple of uh, – Josh Huff isn't here anymore, but Wendell Smallwood broke one earlier this year. You've still got Darren Sproles on the punt return and you have Dave Phipp drawing it all up. It's, it's, it's nice to add. I mean, it's nice to recognize that yes, there are players who play in Dave Phipp's system that help make this whole thing go. Um, Right. Let's look at the uh, uh, just also the uh, the injury look um, the the injury status of some of the guys. It uh, looks like Nolan Carroll's going to be back, fully cleared to play after the concussion last week. That's good news. Um, Jordan Matthews was limited in practice on Thursday with a back problem, but I don't think they expect him to miss this game. Uh, and, but the the big question mark right now, I think, is tight end Zach Ertz, uh, who did not participate in practice on Thursday with a hamstring problem. Um, I, have you heard anything more about um, about what's going on with Ertz and and whether or not they expect him to play? on Sunday I mean I would assume that he goes uh, that day you know I I just think he was uh, uh it was kind of like he, he, I think he I think he did a walkthrough on Wednesday he did and then uh or or at least limited there mm-hmm. and I don't know there was I think there were some people that were speculating that it, there was actually happened in practice with his hamstring so uh you know normally they're not going to let anything out of the bag there but uh I, I think that He's gonna be able to go and just kind of you know whatever whatever kind of shot that's on there, just throw throw him on in there. If they don't, I mean that's I, I don't know whether to say it's huge or not anymore. But there were there was a you know Carson and him were starting to finally develop a thing, and to not have another weapon there is ultimately gonna damage you, um, uh, especially against this squad. And we were talking about him, but. Yeah, if he doesn't go, I'd actually be surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, so, far. but re- so. relatively speaking, the Eagles are a pretty healthy unit when you look around the league. So many teams have suffered catastrophic injuries this year. They are holding up pretty well so far this season, and they're they're doing it all without Chip Kelly and his uh, his, his magical science set. Uh, I mean, I know, <laughs> no, I know a lot of that stuff has probably remained in place though, and uh, yes, you know, it it's, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, they're obviously still benefiting a lot from uh, some of that sports science that Chip Kelly brought in. But the Eagles, you couldn't probably you couldn't really ask them to be any healthier than they are right now no uh and especially you know with the early bye week too like i was kind of yeah that's a worry right wouldn't be it wouldn't be able to kind of catch up to some of these things but yeah no no long sustaining injuries uh really just dummies like lane johnson that have have kind of like stopped a lot of this stuff now who it's kind of weird that we don't talk about as much anymore you know like they test them into big v and how well he's been able to kind of hold these things down here but yeah for the most part everybody's good to go and especially nolan carroll getting cleared is uh is is big is huge because you you know yeah yeah (laughs) you know it starts it starts to get a little thin if he's not there and that always gives you the the you know the willies how how do you feel about i wanted to mention this because last week they put jalen mills on julio jones and they they did did, you know julio got his but julio did not break anything in that game what do you make of him so far right now he seems to have been improving each week 
Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him on Doug Baldwin a lot this week as well. Um, how, obviously, like you said, having Nolan Carroll back definitely will will help. They can they can move the guys around a little bit. But it seems to me like Doug Peterson and and uh, Jim Schwartz in particular. It, they're using Jalen Mills against some of the some of the better wide receivers that they've been facing, and and Mills has been holding his own the last the last few weeks. It, I like what I've seen from him. I like the progression that we've seen from him so far this year. Yeah, he's been learning every single day or every single week, I should say. Uh, there are still some things where I think he's just going to be, you know, kind of physically limited as far as his speed and his hips and everything, but. Uh, maybe that uh, maybe that gets corrected somehow too, and I'm I'm blown away by that. But yeah, just the just like you said, John, I think the trust of Jalen Mills has been so there, yeah, and everybody's behind him, the confidence. And I know, like whatever we bitch about the finger wagging, and everybody gets on my case being an old man about you know, <laughs> oh, you're just stop doing that old man on a cloud stuff. But uh, you know, it, it, that's the kind of confidence that he has, and that's what's great. You know, if if you feel, and again, it's the same way that. Seattle kind of has their mentality always. Attitude's I'm good, John. I want to I wanna see always, guys with a little attitude. Is great. Yeah, I want to see guys with some attitude. I don't want you know. It's that's this is football. This isn't you know. Uh, we're not playing bocce ball here out you know, out by the side of the house. You know, we're not we're not playing ring toss. Yeah. We're playing this is NFL. Let's you know do a little finger wag when you make a play. Just you know what <laughs> nobody likes to see is a celebration dance on a sack when you're down thirty eight to five. You know, I mean it's like. Yeah, I guess that was my more or less my objection to it than like doing it overall. Right. Earn earn the finger <laughs> is all I mean. Or earn right. it. Richard Sherman wasn't doing that his rookie year. All right, like earn the finger. Like then, then when you have it down, and then you talk shit on top of that and back it up. God, man, is that a, is that such a fun thing there to you watch? Go. That's, it, it's so it's absolutely. Great. I totally agree with that. Hey, before we move on, I want to talk about the NFC East. I know you guys do that on the WIP show on Saturday, but um, I ran across something this week I, I wanted to mention because it's really it's an it's an amazing stat. But we got a couple questions on Twitter uh, that I wanted to run past you, and um, uh, the first one uh, is from at Chainsaw Five Eleven. Um, that's a good Twitter handle. Yeah, no, it's a, no, no, that's Johnny Shaw. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He he's comes in all the time. Yeah. What do we see first, the forty sixth president or an Ertz <laughs> breakout season? Um, I already like the question. That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, uh, I, I'd probably say the forty sixth president uh, before <laughs> President before Kanye. Ertz. President, president Kanye. Kanye. No, pre- telling you, President Tom Hanks. That will never lose. President Hanks. Why hasn't he run yet? I don't listen, know what his platform just, is, but yeah. No one's going to vote against Tom Hanks. It doesn't matter what his platform True. is. I'm just saying, let's get on that train because no one's no one's going to vote against him. But yeah, I, I uh, it, it, yeah, it's just Ertz is what he is. You know, he's he's just gonna he's gonna be the non-contact tight end. Not I'm not saying he shies away from it, but you know, I think you've been people like Jimmy Kemsky have pointed it out a lot better than I have. <laughs> it's just he's not going to be that ultimate weapon. He's a, an effective pass catcher. He's got great hands. Uh, but just nobody that you can run your offense through. So he's, he just is what he is. He's a more highly paid Chad Lewis. Is there, there, there you go. Much. That's right. That's right. Um, and just uh, and one more. I thought this is a good intellectual question. This is from Eric at Ringsdorf21. Where did Richard Sherman go to college, John? Do you remember where Richard Sherman uh, went to college? I believe, yes, I believe it was Princeton. Princeton. No, it was Princeton. no. It, wasn't yeah. pre- it was Iowa, John. He went to Iowa. Oh, <laughs> how could I forget? <laughs> How can I forget the best the best thing that ever came out of Iowa was Richard That's Sherman? That's right. I think. 
I apologize. From, from the heartland, John. Come on. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, um, uh, off topic, better movie, Ghost or Roadhouse? Because we were having this debate earlier. Uh, Patrick Swayze somehow got into our, our mentions here. But I'm, uh, I mean, like, I'm a sensitive guy. I like Ghost, but no one can take away Roadhouse for me, so I'm going to have to go Roadhouse over Ghost. You know, I I got to agree with that, John. I would love to disagree and have a conversation about the, uh, you know, about you know, Whoopi Goldberg's performance in Ghost and how it changed my life as a young man. But you know, that yes. would be that would be a a, a a basket of lies, and I don't want to I don't want to turn the BGN Radio podcast. No, I, Roadhouse. Of course, I mean, I was he was badass in that movie, and and the best yeah, the best part of that movie just you know that when he's introducing you know talking to the bouncers, I want you to be nice. If be just nice. be nice. If they call you a son, be nice. If they want to start trouble, be nice. I love that. Just beautifully delivered. And the ending got way more violent than I thought it was going to. I mean, I had that movie going in one direction, and then that thing just took off in a in like a sea of blood. I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Yeah, like every other every other scene after that. Yeah, it's just like okay, everything's starting to get cleaned up now. Uh, I guess we better steal the booze and start a fight every five seconds. <laughs> That's how God. Another guy got his eyes gouged out. All right, moving on. Um, the ending, the, 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 no, the ending with the bear, where the big stuffed right. bear just lands on that fat tubby guy. Like, it's, I still like is the best scene of any movie ever oh, because it's just ridiculous. Absolutely. Anyway, Roadhouse. Roadhouse please. does rule. Get it on, rent it on VHS, kids. Um, <laughs> Uh, before we move on uh, to um, to our key matchup, and we, we're going to make a pick um, uh, on the weekend schedule here, I just wanted to run something by you about the NFC East. Obviously, the, everybody's got a winning record in the division. Um, you're looking at the, Dallas, who's eight and one. The Giants are six and three. Washington's five three and one. Washington is five one and one in their last seven weeks since starting off zero and two. Um, and right now, you have three NFC East teams holding down the play holding, holding down playoff spots in the NFC right now. John, the NFC East has I can't I still had, I had to look this up because I couldn't I couldn't believe it. The NFC East has not had two playoff teams in the same season since 2009, when oh, yeah, Dallas and the Eagles went 11 too. and 5. 2009. It's crazy. It's been a long time, which means. You know, it. I mean, I guess they're overdue, and this is what's kind of happening here. Where does know? this division least, rank for you, though? I mean, is this a legitimately great division, or is this just kind of, you know, a lot of mediocrity in the NFL right now? I think it's – I'm sorry to say, I think it is – I mean, obviously, the. I mean, we talked about this when we were at Chicken and Pizza, and we're going to be there next Tuesday as well. But good Lord, the Giants are not a 6-3 and three team. Come on, people. Like, stop, stop with the NFC East is back stuff. They Their point differential – Everything that they have there, like their defensive rankings, it's they should. There's no way in hell that that team should be six and three. And the same with Washington, which, by the way, that's my fault because I cleared declared Washington dead <laughs> after they went zero and two. But far thanks, be for John. me to actually, yeah, thanks a thanks, lot for Parker. nothing, you jerk. Uh, but uh, even Washington, Washington's obviously looked a lot better than the Giants have. But I still am not buying that they're a great team they're you know kirk cousins or excuse me kurt coupons coupons, yes has has not uh has has come along a little better here but i mean come on this is this is just the the uh, because once you look past this and then you look at the line of the nfc period if you look at those teams which i'm going to look up again right now the line after the wild card is atrocious 
it's just it's just dog shit and and that's what people have to realize is it's just it's everything around it is bad that they are the you know the king with one eye in the jungle of the blind. I guess what so we can say is there's just happened. less excrement in the NFC East than in the other divisions <laughs> this year. Yeah, yes. <laughs> At one point and by the way kids, I'm going to get John Solness <laughs> to swear on this podcast. It's going to happen. But it's not going to be tonight. I'm but, two on my game, Barchard. I'm two on my game. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send him a bunch of whiskey one night, and I'm just gonna tell him <laughs> we're gonna do it, and it's gonna happen. Because I want to see how many times it actually happens when he's letting loose. But for now, he's the constant professional, and I will. If I ever make it out to one of the Tuesday live things, you know, maybe, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, it'll be a little bit of a hike. I'll have to get there, but I'll have to try try and do that. Okay. All right. Yeah, but to answer your question, I just think it's. It is that way, and man, oh man, do I remember that? Everybody remembers that 2009 game when the only, the only touchdown pass came from Michael Vick, who had been backing up mm-hmm. Donovan McNabb the entire year to Jeremy Macklin. Just a sad, sad. It was all downhill from there, and we barely. Have sn- that was the last time the Eagles were in the playoffs. Yep. Holy crap! Yeah. It's been a while, folks. It's been a, or no, 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 not in the playoffs. Yeah. I apologize, but just had. It feels like it, though. <laughs> Nick Foles and the Saints seem like a long time ago, gang. Yeah, no, absolutely it does, man. Um, all right, let's do, uh, give you a – we do one key matchup to uh, to watch out for um, on Sunday against the Seahawks, and then we'll uh, we'll give some picks out to the kids. Uh, I honestly think – I, I, I'm going to stick with what you said earlier, John. I think that Jalen Mills and Doug Baldwin are pretty much going to tell the game for you. I think that's how it's going to go because uh, – it's, you know, again, I think the Eagles need to be aggressive and smart at the same time and pick a side on their defensive line, what side of contain that they, you know, want to break when it comes to that point and just go and hopefully that, you know, they can leave some of these guys on an island at some point. And I think that is is where I see that kind of happening. I think Jalen Mills is going to be on an island a couple of times with Doug Baldwin. Um, and just to eliminate all the deep shots that could, they can kind of take here, and uh, uh, honestly, if they can if they can do that, they're going to win this football game. So that's what I say. I'm going to stick with all that. Right, for me, it's the interior of the offensive line against uh, the the Seahawks uh, defensive front because obviously one of the things that has hurt this team offensively and defensively is getting in early holes, as we mentioned earlier in the show, um, and uh, and a couple of those occasions, uh, Carson Wentz with some of the early interceptions, just you know moving around in the pocket a little bit, getting pushed back in the pocket and. When he gets a nice clean pocket, when he gets good protection, good protection, even if his mechanics are a little bit off, he's he's good enough and he's he, he avoids mistakes well enough so that it doesn't hurt them too much. So if they can protect Carson Wentz, especially early in this football game, I think he can avoid those early turnovers and you don't put the defense in a 14 nothing hole and, and you don't have to try and then throw 45 times in Seattle against a, a good Seahawks secondary. You can you can establish some things early. So, I mean, I think we've all said that as the Eagles' defense goes, so will this team go. But I think the offensive line specifically this week, if they can establish a little bit of a running game and keep the, keep the defensive uh, linemen off of Carson Wentz, will go a long way to helping them get off to a good start, which is going to be so key for them to pulling out a win in Seattle on Sunday. Um, all right. Keep, uh, let's do an, an NFL pick, one each, John. Um, looking down the uh, the roster of NFL games on Sunday and or Monday night, uh, what are you looking at? What do you like? Uh, I am uh, – I'm going to take our uh, – well, I don't know if it's going to be good or not. 
but <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I admit it up front. I, I kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of. I'm doing it because I like the line because it's so back and forth, and no one, no one still knows what the Los Angeles Rams are, especially now that Jared Goff is is taking over the reins, and they're a home dog at one and a half, which I think opened up to be a pick'em. And I kind of, I, I, hmm. I kind of like Miami to win this like a big time because I'm expecting two things: either Jared Goff to throw 15 passes total, yeah. or him to get intercepted about three times against this uh, Miami squad. So I'm kind of digging, even though it might not be a fun game, but it might uh, it might just be fun for Draft Twitter and everybody else to be. Uh, Haha, I told you I'm wrong. <laughs> Is uh, that's why I'm looking at Miami. And I'm I'm going to take uh, yeah, Miami by like. I like Miami by six in this one, okay. so I would I would bet pretty heavy. And Jay Ajayi has been crazy over the last few yes. weeks, too. Uh, one other guy who's been crazy is, um, boy, he could have been an eagle. Marcus Mariota, quarterback for the that? Tennessee Titans. He's been uh, he's had a terrific season, and um, you know what could have been. Uh, obviously, I think we're happy with Carson Wentz, so we're not going to cry over spilled milk yes. too much here. But uh, although. <laughs> Uh, it's, there's that. it's always that. I'm very happy yeah, with Carson Wentz. However, oh, no. you know, <laughs> um, no, but he, I love what he's doing with Tennessee right now. DeMarco Murray, again, oh, Kyle, I mean, DeMarco Murray, you talked about him on a couple of podcasts earlier this year. I mean, he's he's like 60 yards away from 1,000 already, um, and he's uh, he's probably going to go over 1,000 against the Indianapolis Colts there. In, in Indianapolis, um, Indy is favored by three points in this game, so th- the Titans are getting three. And I like them to win that thing outright, I think. Um, just because I love the way Mariota's playing. Uh, DeMarco Murray running the ball well. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd, the Titans are one of those teams. They're like one of those nondescript teams nobody ever really talks about. But they're they're not bad. And the Colts are not good. Um, even with Andrew yes. Luck at home, I, I like the Titans to at least cover, to at least, you know, come in under the, I don't, I think it's a field goal game if they lose. And I do think they can beat that Colts team in Indianapolis. Yeah, I, uh, I I did too, and it's so weird that, and uh, honestly, a lot of it is just because Mariota and Murray, and that's been the their one two yeah. punch that's going on there. They have a bunch of nondescript guys, and you had Delaney Walker, yeah, Tajay Sharp, and those wide receivers, yeah, yeah. but yeah, nothing great. Uh, and there is, and their defense has been playing uh, pretty, you know, pretty well here, and it's just, it blows my mind that a guy like Mike Malarkey is. <laughs> <laughs> has a pretty good squad. You know, it's just like, man, oh man, that, you know, finesse power trickster, whatever the hell he kind of calls it out there. The Tennessee has been playing some really good football lately. It's kind of crazy that that would happen because I thought for sure that he would ruin Marcus Mariota. (laughs) He he has not done that yet. So it's uh, Tennessee is, uh, and nobody cares in Tennessee, by the way, like they have a really good football team and nobody cares. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, that, that's uh, it's an impressive squad. I hope that I'm, I'm always like kind of side rooting for Marcus to do well. Yeah, rooting for Marcus to do well and rooting for Demarco to uh, I don't know miss the bus. I don't want to root for an injury, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, all right. Final thoughts for this week, Mister Barchard. Uh, I think that um, I that I enjoy doing podcasts with John Stolness. First of all, because well, it's a nice lot of fun you. staying back in Rockwell. Um, I, uh, I I want. You know, I guess I'm going to go with there's never too much stuffing at your Thanksgiving meal. So <laughs> my final thought is don't don't go gun shy, like put it in the turkey. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, just have about two or three, maybe even four pans. Mm. OK, at the house. So I don't care if it's just stovetop either. I'm fine with yeah, that. I don't want you to 
you know, I don't want you to over hustle here. Just right. grab the jumbo, like three boxes of stovetop, put it in there. You're good to go. Uh, and, you know, the cranberry can, not the cranberries themselves, you know, the if you, and we're good. You don't have to think about anything else. Turkey's all secondary and third dairy behind uh, all the great stuff there. So you do gravy on you do gravy on the stuffing, John, when you when it comes out or you eat that dry? Uh, it it dip, well it depends on it depends on how, how moist it is. Yeah. Or dry yeah. it is. Yeah. But I'm uh, I usually I'm not a gravy guy on the stuffing. I just like for like it for how it is. But if it uh if you have a massive plate and the turkey and the mashed potatoes are all kind of right there you just do the you know the quick swoop swoop with oh, yeah. the gravy boat yeah, around yeah. there and you just mix it all in mm-hmm. yeah and then it's delicious yeah no Absolutely. just make a t- make a make a thanksgiving pie right in front of yourself yeah, that's a beautiful <laughs> that's, thing that's right. That's um, right well and i'm thankful you know as we're coming up on thanksgiving next week i'm thankful that uh, you and the rest of the bgn radio crew have welcomed me um into the bgn radio team and that i get to do this you know every week with you and with uh you know with uh with matt every week and um and uh, blg and uh, you know i'll I hope to do one with James at some point here. And, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing this with you guys. And so I appreciate you including me in the whole thing. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to actually watching an Eagles game live this week in Northern Virginia because about I get the friggin' Ravens or the friggin' <laughs> Washington Redskins every, I had to watch Washington and Detroit this week or last, last week. I had to watch the, anytime you have to watch Washington, it's awful. No one should have to watch the Washington Redskins play football. It's awful. It's awful it's television. So luckily this week I get Eagles and Seahawks. And so this weekend will be a good weekend no matter what happens, unless they get their doors blown off, in which case <laughs> I will be looking for the nearest Ravens game that I can that I can find. So Oh yeah. And by the way, as far as my final Eagles thought, even if they do get blown out and you kind of felt that and expecting it going in. Mm-hmm. I do not want to hear Monday morning. See, this is this is why they won't get into the playoffs because I guarantee you their chances are still the same. Yeah, no, <laughs> get the totally. wild card after it is after this one. So it you know, and if you were, I I don't know. I don't want anybody to lower their expectations either. I think that this this team should be in the wild card, and if they're not, then then uh, Fire I think. You're, you have a right to be disappointed but you know just keep it all in perspective as well, all right, well that's good advice uh, mr john barchard bgn radio episode number 204 that'll do it for this week i'm john stolness uh, make sure to catch this podcast on bleedinggreennation.com bgn radio we'll talk to you all next week here on bgn radio Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcasting. We thank you for choosing ours. <laughs>